listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. I want to thank the uh, people here at church because um, they've been praying for me. And so uh, if I walk a little weird today, it's because of that, because they're praying for my back, because my back has been hurting like crazy the last couple of months. And I know some of you say, well, you shouldn't be jumping around on base, right? Well, today that's why I was on a stool, because today the pain was too much. <laughs> but sometimes I can't contain my joy, just like Charmaine, and uh, I just I want to dance even in spite of the pain. Uh, delight, that's kind of the idea, is that we seek to delight in God and not just do disciplines. We, we don't seek to do religious rituals. We are in a series, Habits of Grace. And if you were here on the first day, on uh, the day that Pastor Jason kicked off the series, you'll remember that Pastor Jason talked about the fact that God provides grace for us continuously. And he provides this uh, with that grace in a lavish way. He, he's always constantly giving us grace, but, but he has these means, he has these channels, these oceans where the grace is guaranteed. Sometimes he provides grace in places unexpected and in circumstances unexpected and in times unexpected. But we have three Sources from which we always can go and continuously re- receive that lavish grace, that extravagant uh, grace. And it's in the word, in prayer, and in fellowship. And last week, uh, Jeff Allen, our, our serve leader, brought the word on the word itself. And today we're continuing to do that. I want to say something that some of you might not be clear on. We are preaching out of a book that's free. You can get this book. It's called Habits of Grace, and that's why we've called the series Habits of Grace. Uh, and if you go to desiringgod.org, you can find the, the free PDF. That's why it's free. You can even get a free uh, a study book, a, uh, like a workbook that goes along with it. Um, and it's a, it's a fascinating book. It's really rich. It's got a lot of things in it. We can't hit all of it here during our preaching. So I encourage you, it's a free book. Go get it. The whole point, though, I, I pray is that as a church, we would get that if we're doing things, we're not doing things to earn good favor or good standing before God or to stay in God's good graces. But rather, God has stood us up rightly, and because of that, now we want more of Jesus. So doing all these things, praying, reading the Bible, coming to church, and all the different ways that you can do that, are simply all about wanting more of Jesus. It's not about me satisfying a religious requirement. That's not what it's about. In the eighth grade, this was probably for me 1995, somewhere around there, in the eighth grade, I remember that Star Wars was released for the last time, the trilogy, the old trilogy, not the prequels. (laughs) The old trilogy was released on VHX, Digitally remastered for the ultimate in sound and picture quality. I still remember the commercials. And I was so excited. Uh, uh, Christmas was around the corner, and I was telling my mom, 
I want the Star Wars trilogy. Now, I grew up loving Star Wars. I had Star Wars sheets, I had an X-Wing, and uh, the only figurine I had was Chewbacca, so Chewbacca was always inside the X-Wing, which doesn't make sense, he's the co-pilot of Han Solo. He should be in the Millennium Falcon, but I didn't have that. And my X-Wing broke a wing and whatever. I, I was a huge Star Wars fan, but I didn't watch them very often. However, when this commercial came out in, in 1995 saying that Star Wars is going to be released in its original theatrical form one last time, except for digitally remastered. I was excited, and I told my mom, I want it for Christmas. I want it for Christmas. And so, uh, James, you can show, oh, you've already shown it. Here it is. I still remember these boxes. I remember the smell of these boxes. I remember the day I got them. Um, I wasn't planning on watching them every day, but on Christmas Day, I watched through all three of them, right? And uh, I was just so excited. And so the next day, I watched all three again. The next day after that, I watched all three again. This lasted all of my Christmas vacation before school started. I was watching all three of them. I wasn't watching them because I had to. No one, definitely my mom was worried. She wasn't telling me to watch the movies. She was like, you should take a break. You've become a couch potato. This is serious. You got, go outside, play basketball. You used to like basketball. What happened? <laughs> so um, I would watch these every single day. And eventually what happened was Star Wars got imprinted in me. Star Wars started to uh, come out of my speech and my way of thinking. And so... Uh, you'd hear me quoting the movie. My mom says I'm super annoying at this, but uh, she says I don't let her watch movies, but I would, I would be quoting Luke in New Hope, and I would be saying, but I was going to the Tashi station to get some power converters. And, and my mom would look at me weird, right? And then I'd be quoting weird things like, TK421, why aren't you at your post in the Death Star when they're trying to uh, find the stormtrooper that should be at the Millennium Falcon? And then I'd be quoting C-3PO saying that R2 says that your chance, the, the, their chances of survival are 725 to 1, which is weird because that's a good thing. But anyway, George Lucas never gets those things right. So um, I would quote all these things, and when people would say, Luke, I am your father, I would say, no, that's not what Darth Vader says. No, what he says is, no, I am your father. I was this big nerd. I was an uber Star Wars nerd, quoting back and forth. And to this day, I can quote most of all three movies. I know that's sad. It's pathetic. I know. But it wasn't something I tried to achieve. The memorization wasn't something that I was trying to accomplish. It was just a product of watching all three of them every day. It got so weird that um, I enjoyed them so much that I watched them one day, all three in my, in my room, before school started, and I put a tape recorder uh, next to the TV so it recorded the whole movie. And so I'd take my Walkman, because that's what I had back then, <laughs> I took my Walkman to school, and I'd listen to the movies. <laughs> and and I'm not, I'm, I wasn't trying to memorize, I was, just, I was just enjoying it. I liked listening to the movies. It's really weird, I know. I, I, I've overcome that addiction, okay? <laughs> um, and that's kind of how I think about the Bible. Uh, the healthy way to approach the Bible and reading the Bible should be, a, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I want to read it again. I want to read it again. I want to read through it. I, wanna, I, I just want to get all the little gems out of it. Um, two ineffective reasons to read the Bible are the following. To have a hollow to-do list for everyday application. 
Now, be careful. I'm not saying you shouldn't uh, change your lifestyle. You should. But if your goal in reading the Bible is to have a hollow to-do list for everyday application, then it's not good enough. A hollow to-do list is just like, okay, I should be behaving this way. This is how I should behave. I'm going to try to remember it as I go through the day. Ineffective. Because most of our lives are lived every day spontaneously. I wish that as I'm going to interact with my wife or with my students or with my boss or whoever, I could hit pause and be like, okay, I'm supposed to be, uh, all right, fruits of the Spirit, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, play. Hi. I wish I could do that. But our lives are lived in a spontaneous fashion. And often what we find is that we as Christians later snap at our spouses, or we, we'll give them a quick response, or we'll get agitated very quickly, even after we've been reading the Bible, because our lives are lived spontaneously, right? And so if you're accumulating a to-do list by reading the Bible, fail. Wrong way, ineffective way to read the Bible. Another ineffective reason to reading the Bible is to so satisfy a hollow religious need. And by this I mean, oh, I need to read the Bible because if I do it, that way I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in good standing before God. When I get lazy and a couple of days have gone by and a few weeks have gone by, uh, I, I feel like uh, God is upset with me and I need to be in, in good standing with him. Ineffective reason. That's not going to motivate you to want to go to the Word every day. It just doesn't work. And primarily, here's why. Because when we become believers we get the right standing. That is the essence of grace, is that God makes us righteous before him so that we don't have to earn that. So when we have some religious need to continuously do things in order to have right standing before God, we don't get it. We've got it backwards. God has made us righteous. He's given us good standing. He sees us already as he sees Jesus once we become believers. So reading the Bible to get that good standing is kind of like, God looks at us and he says, Jesus already did what he was supposed to do. You're trying to read a lot, and he died on the cross for you, and you're never going to outdo that. So the wrong reason for reading is definitely a religious, hollow need. There has to be substance to both of these ineffective re uh, reasons. There has to be a counter to this. We can't have hollow application, accumulating a to-do list, so that I can try to mimic, mimic it if I remember when someone ticks me off. Or trying to just feel good enough by reading a lot and then just, again, a religious uh, need that needs to be satisfied. Those aren't good enough. They just won't cut it. In contrast, though, I prefer to see the following. The two effective reasons to read the Bible. One of them is to discover God's personal word for us. To discover God's personal word for us. That is motivation. That leads me to dive into the word. And it doesn't lead me to feel guilty when I don't. It leads me to feel like, oh, I'm missing out. Oh, like when I want to do something fun and I'm not able to go. It's like, oh. Does it make me feel guilty? It makes me feel like I missed out. And that's the true sign of grace in our lives. When it's motivated by wanting to seek God's personal word for us. 
The second effective reason to read the Bible is that God's Word transforms us. Notice the difference between accumulating a list of applications and being transformed into the applications. Completely different. John Piper says, don't amass a list of things to do. Become a type of person. Become the type of person that is naturally generous, that is naturally gentle, humble, patient, that has self-control. Because in the spontaneous moments, the list won't work. So I need to let God's word, God's word transform me. So I'm not saying application is bad. I'm saying how we approach application can be ineffective or effective. Transformation is the effective approach to God's word leading to application in our lives. It's the only way it's going to work. Now think about the first of these effective reasons to discover God's personal word for us. I think often we forget that the Bible is living and active and is a word for every single one of you. Every single one of you. It is God's word. And sometimes we forget that. Now, of course, when we read the Bible, we do need to make sure that we're interpreting correctly. So the way to approach that is when we read the Bible with some additional resource such as a commentary and under the guide of the Holy Spirit first and foremost, we come to see first what did the author intend to say to those believers? What did the author intend to say to them? Once I understand what the author intended to say to them, automatically it's transposed to me. What God intended to say to them, he intends to say to me. So we got to understand. And that's why, you know, people bring up the, 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 the classic example. Jeff has brought it up before. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, that does apply to you. Paul read it to believers, or wrote it to believers, and it does apply to you, but in the right context. So we need to understand that the Bible is for us. Just make sure that you're reading for the right context. And that's a separate subject I won't get into right now. But once you find the meaning of the passage, it is to you. It is yours. It is your word. And it's meant to impact you that day and that moment and that second that you've read it. It's meant to impact you right then and there. And it's meant to transform you. Now let's see some passages that back up these reasons for effective Bible reading. One of my favorite is Hebrews 4, Hebrews chapter 4, excuse me, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. This is the one that really shows us that the God, the word of God is personal to each and every one of us. It says the following, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Singular. That is for you. That is for you, for you, for you, for me, for any person that's a believer. The word of God acts in such a supernatural way that when you read it, it cuts to the areas that need work on. It cuts to the things that you've been wrestling with or maybe the things that you've been ignoring. And it makes you realize, it exposes you. It's an x-ray of your spirit. The Word of God acts like an active, living x-ray continuously as we read it. So it is God's personal Word for you. It's cutting through all this stuff. And it's exposing what you need to work on. That's God saying, hey, I want this for you, not this. 
You keep seeking other stuff, not me. And that breaks into many different areas, right? But the point is, the Word of God is living and active. And that's why every time you read the Bible, in context, you will always get something new out of it. Because there's a Word for you exposing through the spiritual x-ray what you need to work on. And that's God caring for you. Being a good father and saying, I want to speak this to you because you need it. This is good for you. And you're going to rejoice in me. That's amazing. If I understand this, again, every day I want to go to the Bible app on my phone or my iPad, not because I have to feel religiously content, but because I want to seek that word that cuts through me and shows the things that God wants to speak to me. You have to convince yourself of this. You have to have faith in this, that there is a personal message for you but in context. And if you understand that, you're going to run to the Bible every day. Maybe multiple times a day. Because you want to see what God continuously speaks to you. And when you understand that at that moment, that word is speaking life into you. You might not get it at the moment, but linger on it. Savor it. Think about it. Connect it to Jesus. And see what God is speaking to you. I guarantee you, the Word of God, every day, at every instant, will cut through you, and it will speak to you very personally and very directly. Now, the second effective reason we mentioned was that God's Word transforms us. So let's see 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. We've already read those here in this series, I believe. 2 Timothy, Timothy excuse me, chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So this is any godly person this applies to. Any person that's received Jesus as Lord and Savior, this applies to you. The Bible is breathed out by God. We forget that. A lot of times we forget that, but the Bible is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for turning you, transforming you into the person God desires. We have the mind of God in print. We have the mind of God in print. I get goosebumps, and yet I often don't go back to those goosebumps and I forget the marvel of having God's Word. That's all it is. I'm forgetting that I have the Bible, the Word of God breathed out for me personally and for all of you personally as well. We have the mind of God, but we find ourselves running to all the other things of the world. We have the mind in God. We want to know what God is thinking about us, is planning for us. You have the Word of God in the Bible. So it's breathed out by God, and it wants us to be transformed because it wants us to, to teach ourselves and to correct ourselves and to train ourselves. God wants us to become a different person. Now, that, if you connect back to what we started with, is very different than amassing a to-do list. So we must be transformed. We must become a kind of person, not a person that writes a to-do list. So what we need is spirit-led transformation. And spirit-led transformation happens when our hearts are astonished. Spirit-led transformation happens when our hearts are astonished by God. Now, 
this is exactly what happened to me that Christmas <laughs> in a very superficial and un, un, incomparable way. I was watching Star Wars, and, and I was just astonished. Wow, this is amazing. Oh my gosh, I want to watch it again. And I keep watching it. My heart was astonished. And I, I, I wanted to know all about the Force and about these characters. And I, I just enjoyed it so much. And I kept watching it. But I, no one was telling me you have to watch it. You have to do it if not you're... No, it's not how it works. My heart was astonished to the point where eventually it transformed me into a movie lover or a movie buff. Now I enjoy other movies because at some point I asked myself, why do I enjoy this so much? And I decided that I needed to learn more about movies. And that's become kind of like a hobby thing. I love watching old movies and understanding the history of cinema. It transformed me because I was astonished and so like, wow, why is Empire Strikes Back so good? <laughs> that's what happened. It astonished me. Let's look at the probably most important passage today. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, because this is how it happens. Here's how we go to the Word, our heart is astonished, and we are transformed. Here's how it happens. 2 Corinthians verse three, or excuse me, chapter 3, verse 18. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now, I said Spirit-led. So it needs to be led by the Spirit. It only happens supernaturally. But notice here it says, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of God. Now, think about when you're beholding the glory of God, you're going to be astonished to a level that nothing else compares. You will be astonished when you behold the glory of God. And thus, what follows you will be transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Why is it from one degree of glory to another? Because we're never there till the day of Christ. We are transformed continuously over and over again from one degree of glory to another. God works a miracle in us every day by the astonishment of beholding God's glory. If you read the Bible that way, seeking to be astonished, and you behold the glory of God, you'll be transformed every day. Every day. You're not reading to amass a list. You're not reading because you need to read, but because you are becoming a different person, because you are with an unveiled face beholding the glory of God. Now, I, don't, I wish I had more time to jump into what that is coming from, but the idea is back in the day of Moses, Beholding the glory of God was not anything that was not something anyone could do. And Moses did get to behold the glory of God. But here's the big revelation. All of us, we don't have to veil ourselves because we're before of God before God. All of us with unveiled face, we behold the glory of God and are being transformed. So God was, in a, in a sense, back in the old days, in the old covenant, he was inaccessible. His glory was just like, you're not worthy of it. Christ has made us now. He has made us into something new that is worthy. We have his worthiness. And so we all, with unveiled face, behold the glory of God. It's, it's, it's in our faces. Our, our faces light up like the face of Moses. 
Uh, we're being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. This is application. This is reading for the right, reading, uh, the right reasons and application for the right reasons. It's not a hollow application because it's not a to-do list that I'll forget when someone ticks me off. This is transformation. I am so consumed in a good way by the glory of God when I read and who He is and what He's done for me that it starts to change who I am because I'm just so astonished. I'm a, my heart is astonished by who God is and what he is for me and what he's done for me. That is how we approach it. Take this with you. You want to you wanna read the Bible and not feel guilty about it? This is how you approach Bible reading. It's wanting to behold the glory of God. We said that psalm before the sermon. How sweet are your words. That's why we read the Bible, because there's such a sweetness, there's such a glory in it that we're just overwhelmed by the glory of God. There is a psalm that I absolutely love, and it's become, in the last year, one of my favorite psalms. And it shows us how the psalmist, in this case, is using and talking about the Word of God to show a transformation. I encourage you guys to keep this psalm, these set of verses in this psalm, very close. This is Psalm 119, verses 9 through 16. Psalm 119, verses 9 through 16. This is so good. Again, I encourage you to keep a bookmark in it. Come back to it every day. Here we'll see the transformation from the Word of God by beholding the glory. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. Not by a list, by the way. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. And here it is. I have stored up your word in my heart. That is dense right there, by the way. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight. It's delightful. As much as in all riches. I love that verse. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. The riches of the world, of the world don't compare to the riches of God's word. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Behold the glory of God and watch it transform your heart. Watch it by storing it in your heart, even memorizing it. Why memorize it? Because you're astonished by it. Store it in your heart. Watch it change you. You'll delight in it. It's not going to be a burdensome memorization. By knowing the Word of God, it's just going to change how you walk, talk, and pray, and interact with people. This passage, think about what happens if every day you kind of read through this, how it changes your approach. And as you're walking through your job and your daily things, this is in the back of your mind, and it's on repeat. Then, spontaneous good behavior comes out. It's a spontaneous transformation. I don't have to hit pause and think how I'm going to act because that's the way to be transformed. 
So when you do this, make sure that in your reading, if you want to get, if you want to behold the glory, how do I do this? Sometimes you might be thinking, I read the Bible, but I'm not astonished this way. I'm going to give you the key. The key to it is that the Bible is centered around Jesus. Always seek him when reading God's word. And here's the thing. Jesus warned the Pharisees about this. When you read God's work and you're, and you're not seeking Jesus, you will miss it and you will not be astonished. You won't. You won't be astonished. You need to seek how it all connects to Jesus as part of the big narrative. You want to behold the glory of God, be astonished by God, transformed, filled up into something new. You have to seek Jesus when reading God's word. Now I'm not following a need to read, and now I'm seeking Jesus and his word for me. Let's read Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And I'm going to stop right there. You can read the rest, but that, that part right there, that itself is what we need in our guidance of Bible reading. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Store up your heart like the psalmist said, but as you store it up, don't miss Jesus. It's the word of Christ. If you seek the word, you become a Pharisee. If it's not the word of Christ, make it, make it contextual. Seek Jesus. That's what it's about. Let the word of who? Christ dwell richly. Let that dwell richly in you. And here's the warning from Jesus. Here's how you see that you could read scripture all day and miss it. John 5, verses 39 to 40. John chapter 5, verses 39 through 40. You got to remember, he's talking to people who knew the Bible by heart. Back then it was the Old Testament. But they knew it by heart. And he said, like the rock says, it doesn't matter. <laughs> he says it. And here's why. John chapter 5, verses 39 through 40. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they, the scriptures, that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Reading in itself is meaningless. The act of reading is meaningless if you're not seeking Jesus. That changes everything. I'm not reading because I'm going to feel guilty if I don't. I'm not reading to write a to-do list of good behavior. I'm reading to seek God's word for me, I'll behold his glory, I'll be astonished and change it into someone new because I, it's just so amazing to be before his glory. So I end with this recipe to reading God's word. Here it is. Don't just read, because that means nothing. Seek his personal word for you. Don't just read. Meditate in light of Jesus and behold the glory. Your heart will be astonished. And we saw in that verse that an astonished heart, a heart that's beholding the glory of God, will be transformed slowly but surely from one degree to another, transformed every day. Don't read for religious emotions. Read to seek God's work. Just wake up every day and say, what does God want to say to me? And then, don't do the wrong thing, which is, I don't know. I'm going to walk around and kind of figure it out. No! We have His Word in print. What is God's Word for me today? It's in the Bible. Read it. Contextually. Savor it. Get the delight out of it. His words are sweeter than honey. 
and you will be astonished and transformed. Let's pray as the band comes up. Father, I pray that you would instill in us a desire to hear you. That's it. We want to hear you. Just make it exponentially grow. That desire to hear you. To want to know what you want to teach us. To, see, to, to feel your word penetrating and, and, and cutting through as a living and active sword cuts through. And, and exposing with a spiritual x-ray who we are and you telling us, this is what I want for you, not this other thing. May we want that every day. May it not be a religious need to read the Bible. May it not be burdensome, but that we may seek something that is sweeter than honey to my mouth. Give us encouragement as we memorize the Bible by seeing the results every day, by seeing spontaneous fruits of the Spirit, by seeing a changed person in our actions. And in the process, we'll glorify you, not ourselves, because it's you. We've beheld your glory. As the ushers come, I pray for the offering and the tithes that they would be multiplied and used to touch the city of Redlands and beyond and even the world as we think about how to uh, send missions or work with people that need Christ, even if it's locally or internationally, Lord. That we may transform the people around us, not by ourselves, but by Jesus. That the world may behold the glory of God. We pray for this, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.